0: I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So much going on. What an eventful weekend it was for the New York Islanders. And boy, we really need to talk about everything that's going on in a wild game on Sunday, the Islanders win in a shootout to keep their win streak alive, and now it is nine straight games, an exciting, improbable victory for the Islanders, and, uh, you know, they win both games over the weekend, since we were here last, and uh, keep everything moving, but uh, some bad news as well, the Islanders learning that Anders Lee, the team captain, is out indefinitely. We will talk about that and the impact that it has on the Islanders moving forward. And then, just minutes before Sunday evening's game, the Islanders learn that J.G. Pajot and Noah Dobson are now in COVID 19 protocol. They did not play at the last minute against the Devils on Sunday, and we do not know their long term status, nor do we know. Uh, whether or not any other players on the team will be affected. So, you know, being in the COVID-19 protocols could mean a positive test. It could also mean that they were exposed to someone who had tested positive. We don't know yet. We'll certainly keep you up to date on that and all other Islanders news as we head into the week. So, uh, if you want to ask us a question, you have something Islanders related on your mind, please feel free to contact the show via email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at n y r v s n y i, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, including the status of J.G. Pajot and Noah Dobson and any other Islanders that may enter the COVID protocol. So, so much happening right now. It's just uh, unbelievable. But let's start with the two games over the weekend. Saturday, uh, the Islanders end up winning, and the key was this. Uh, Barry Trotz wanted to keep things as simple as possible and gave... Kiefer Bellows a shot on that first line, essentially replacing uh, Anders Lee, and I I think that that was a smart move for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, Bellows has the most offensive upside of the possible replacements that the Islanders could have kept, again, assuming they stay in-house that made the most sense. Also, it's this. Bellows has the skill set. He is a proto power forward. He is closest to the skill set of Anders Lee, although nobody on the Islanders roster really can do exactly what Lee does. But the third reason that I think it was a very good decision to go with Bellows and just insert him into the top line. It keeps continuity throughout the rest of the lineup, and for Bellows, as a fourth point, it really does this. You know, earlier in the season, Bellows was on the third line with Pajot and Wallstrom, or with Pajot and Dalcol, or, you know, a number of different combinations, Pajot and, and Leo Komarov, whoever they put out there. But by putting Bellows on the top line, what you essentially do is that is the role that he is most suited for as far as his skill set is concerned. And he doesn't have to change his style. He doesn't have to change the way he plays. When he was on the third line, you were asking him to do things that he is less accustomed to doing. It's a different role than what he is used to. Now, he still needs to be able to make those adjustments and play well when inserted into the lineup on the third line. But by putting him in on the first line, the Islanders took a chance. Barry Trotz basically said, hey, let's see what you can do. And Bellows responded. Two goals on Saturday, one goal on Sunday. And yeah, there are still things that Kiefer Bellows needs to work on and and yet he did overall a pretty good job in his own end, and the result of everything is he scores three goals over those two games and was a key performer in the Islanders' success. So, yeah, you've got that situation there, and then you add to it uh, the last-minute substitutions on Sunday where J.G. Pajot, who is a key player on the power play, the penalty kill, the third line, etc., uh, he's out of the lineup. Noah Dobson is out of the lineup for the first time. Another defenseman had to step up, and it was Sebastian Aho, and, and the results were mixed. Ajo had an assist on the Islanders' first goal, but he also had a giveaway that led to one of the Devils' two goals in this game. And look, you can't blame the kid for being a little bit rusty, considering that he hadn't played all season and he'd been uh, somewhere on the taxi squad or uh, on the roster, but a healthy scratch. You know, whatever the case may be, uh, Ajo had yet to play all season long. And here we are past the midpoint of the campaign. So, you know, you got to expect some rust and some awkward moments. But overall, I think Ajo did just fine, and Austin Zarnik uh, also stepping up uh, in place of Pajot and getting the job done for the Islanders. So overall, you just had to be pleased with the, the mentality that this team showed, that it is realistically next man up, and that's what the Islanders did, and they come out with Four points out of a possible four points in this weekend, and they sweep the six-game series—excuse me, the three-game series, getting six points from the New Jersey Devils. The win streak is alive. It looked over in overtime when a goal by P.K. Subban seemed to end it about 25 seconds into the extra session, but the NHL reviewed it for offsides offside is the call, and as a result, they continue overtime, it goes to the shootout, and the Islanders win it in the shootout, as Oliver Wallstrom, the other former first-round pick slash young rookie prospect, comes through with the shootout winner, and the Islanders emerge victorious. Tough weekend against the Devils, lots of obstacles to overcome, but this team Found a way to do it. Now, the big question on everybody's mind is how do you adjust long term with the loss of Anders Lee? We'll talk about that and some aspects of the COVID situation, all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges join our Locked On Listeners Bracket Challenge group on ESPN, submit your March Madness picks, beat your favorite hosts, and if you win, you will get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. The link to join is in the show notes of this episode, so get your picks in today. All right, the bad news, and it came down on Saturday, Anders Lee on the long-term injured list. That means he misses at least 10 games, and there have been some thoughts that it's going to be significantly longer than that, although the Islanders pretty much remaining mum on all of this information, and we'll see if anything more comes out. But here's the situation. I liked, as I mentioned in the in the opening segment, the idea of putting Bellows up on that first line and giving him the first opportunity to replace Anders Lee. But it's going to be difficult. Look, over the weekend you're playing the Devils. They're not the strongest team in the league. They're still young and learning and you can get away with, you know, not having Anders Lee for a game or two, but the longer it goes on, the more difficult replacing Lee is going to get. And you look at the roster and the statistics. Anders Lee right now, leads the Islanders in goals scored. He has 12, and that's in 27 games, 12 goals. He's second on the team in points with 19, and it is going to be difficult to replace him for a few reasons. Number one, nobody else on the roster has experience and the ability to get in front of the net and cause trouble for opposing defensemen and goalies. You know, Anders Lee has 12 goals on the season. And yet, if you measured out the distance between where he let the puck go and the goal line on all 12 of those goals, you may not top 24 feet. You know, it's probably less than 2 feet per goal, because he's always getting rebounds, deflections, tip-ins, uh, and that's really what he does so well. And and sometimes, like on the power play, Lee may not get the goal, but he'll screen the goaltender, or he'll make a defenseman frustrated and get him out of position, or or open things up for one of his teammates. So there's the on-ice skill set aspect of this that will be difficult to replace. Now, again, I like the idea of Kiefer Bellows. He probably comes closest out of all of the players on the team as far as being able to replicate that skill set and maybe get in front of the goal and try to stir things up. He didn't do that a lot over the weekend, but it is something that he may eventually be able to do, and I think More realistically, in another year or two, as he continues to mature physically, he'll be able to do that even better and more consistently than what he's able to do now. But the second aspect of losing Anders Lee that is so difficult is that Anders Lee is the captain of the New York Islanders. And you'll notice they gave Brock Nelson an A on his sweater, But right now, no Islanders player is wearing the captain's C. And that is partially out of respect for Anders Lee, but it also really speaks to the importance of leadership, and in particular, the leadership that Anders Lee provides this team. Uh, You've heard me, if you've been a long-time listener to the show, uh, even during the offseason, just when Anders Lee was tweeting a few things uh about when the pandemic was going on and hockey was on hold and you know Anders Lee is a leader and he has shown that on Twitter and on the ice and in the locker room and it will be difficult for this team to uh replace that leadership so there's that also And between the on-ice production, the style of play, and the leadership aspect of things, this is going to be a real challenge for an Islanders team that happens to be playing great hockey as of late and is riding that nine-game winning streak. So, uh, it's going to be tough. Now, by placing Lee on the long-term injured list, the one thing the Islanders did do is open up some cap space. And it will allow them to add, hopefully, a top six forward for the stretch drive when we get closer to the trade deadline. And now we're less than a month away from the NHL trade deadline. Before, you know, last week, before the Lee injury, we were talking, oh, maybe they'll add a third-line winger to complement Wallstrom and Pajot. Uh, who could be a little bit more productive offensively than, uh, than Dalcole has been, and maybe that's what they do at the trade deadline. Well, now they have a little more room to pay for a rent-a-player, but they also have a bigger need for some more offense because that top six uh, forward, missing one of them on a team that is already only in the middle of the league in goals scored— That creates a bit of a challenge. You don't want the Islanders to fall back to 22nd, 23rd, 25th in the league in goals scored. You want them to be at least in the top 16, 15, 14, uh, and it even becomes more important during the playoffs. So now there's a little more money available under the cap as long as Lee stays on long-term IR. And remember... The cap is literally a day-to-day thing, the way it's calculated. So for each day that Anders Lee stays on the long-term IR, the Islanders gain some cap space. And we'll see what Lou Lamorello is able to do. There have been a number of uh, rumors going around and, and possibilities. Taylor Hall was one player who was mentioned, and because it would be an in-division trade, that is something that possibly, you know, would make sense because they wouldn't have to wait or enter him into the COVID protocols. He could take the ice pretty close to right away for the Islanders if they were to require him. Hall is struggling a bit this year, but overall, he's a proven goal scorer, and if he's willing to play that Barry Trotz system, he would be an interesting fit. But now, look for the Islanders to be more active in seeking out a goal scorer or at least an offensive-minded player at the trade deadline. They suddenly now have a little more cap space to do it and a greater need to fill it, to to fill. So we'll talk about this as we get closer to the trade deadline and as we learn more about the status long-term of Anders Lee but a challenge ahead, obviously, for the New York Islanders. We've still got more to talk about. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day, and we'll talk about the impact of having two players in the COVID protocol. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. Yes, it is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, toffee almond against mint brownie, and this one is tough. I mean, I love toffee, so to me... Uh, I would have to favor that. I'm not as big of a mint guy, but a lot of people really like the mint and the nuts in that mint brownie flavor. So uh, it's really up to you as to how you want to vote. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at BuiltBar.com underscore bar on Twitter. Remember now, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and March Madness is just getting started this week. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Islander fans get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get podcasts. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and, uh, folks, we are going to go back to the early 90s for this one, and wish a very happy birthday, a very happy 60th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Craig Ludwig. Ludwig originally drafted in the third round by the Canadiens back in 1980, and, uh, played his college hockey at the University of North Dakota before joining the Canadiens in 1982-83, came over to the Islanders in 1990-91, and, you know, Ludwig was a very strong defensive-minded defenseman, never going to score a lot of goals, but reliable in his own zone, and at 6'3", 210 pounds, the Rhinelander Wisconsin native was physical and positionally sound and able to get the job done. Had some, you know, pretty big penalty minute totals a few times during the course of his career, but really only spent the one season on the island with the Islanders and, you know, did a respectable job in 1990-91 in 75 games. He only scored one goal for the Islanders and nine points, but he really did provide them with some solid defense. We're going to look at one of his better games with the Isles, January 5th, 1991. This one at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders and Flyers. Ken Reggett, the goalie for Philadelphia, going up against the Islanders with Glenn Healy. And in the first period, the Flyers scored first with David Vollock off for tripping. Murray Craven, a his 13th of the year, from Terry Karkner and Murray Barron, one nothing Flyers, it stayed that way into the third period. Then, the Islanders got an unassisted goal from David Volick, his 16th at 545, an unassisted goal by Pat LaFontaine, his 24th at 903 to give the Isles a 2-1 lead, and then at 1246, Randy Wood tallied the eventual game winner, his 13th from Bill Berg. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Craig Ludwig. Rick Tockett scored in the final 108 to pull the Flyers to within a goal, but they couldn't solve Healy. And the Islanders end up with the victory for Craig Ludwig, a plus one and an assist in this game. Healy making 19 saves in this one to earn the win. So for our tough, physical, defensive defenseman Craig Ludwig. We wish him a very happy 60th birthday and many, many happy more. So, COVID-19 protocols, we are still waiting to see what kind of an effect this would have on the Islanders. Do the two players that were benched or who had to sit out yesterday's game because uh, they entered the COVID-19 protocol... Have they tested positive, or were they exposed to someone who had tested positive? We also, if they tested positive, they're going to get tested again. Was it a false positive? There's a lot at this point that we still do not know. The one thing you want to avoid right now, if you're the New York Islanders, is to have a major COVID-19 outbreak on your roster. This team is playing very good hockey, or you're know, you on a nine-game win streak, the last thing you want to do is shut it down for a week or two like the Devils and the Sabres had happened to them, and disrupt that momentum, and also what it would do if that were to happen. And that is a worst-case scenario that hopefully will not come into play. But the other thing that could happen is that you have your schedule down the stretch compressed, and the Islanders will have not a lot of time to make up a lot of games that might be missed. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. We have to see. Obviously, losing Anders Lee and JG Pajot would be very difficult if they're both out at the same time. And as far as Dobson is concerned, Aho probably stylistically is as close to a Good replacement for, uh, for Dobson as you have available on the roster, but Sunday's game was the first time that the Islanders did not have their top six defensemen, Pelik and Pulak, Letty and Mayfield, and then Dobson and Green all available in this game. Aho, again, a mixed performance in his first game of the season, but we'll see how long he is needed and how Barry Trotz will handle whatever comes his way in this situation. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a full preview of the Islanders' big game against the Capitals as the top two teams in the East Division face off. We'll update you on all the latest injury and COVID protocol news and all things Islanders, so make sure you join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.